I'm so excited for today's special guest. Sarah Prout is the best-selling author of Dear Universe and host of the Manifest podcast and creator of the viral video that has over 65 million views where she shared the story of finally breaking the cycle of 10 years of domestic violence and learned how to be the love she knew she deserved. Her new book, Be the Love, Seven Ways to Unlock Your Heart and Manifest Happiness will be published May 10th. Sarah and I dive deep into the topics in the book. We talk about trauma, signs from the universe, ways that you may be viewing your body and how to overcome that, how to bring the compassion. She also talks about her philosophy in Be the Love, Feel, Heal, and Reveal. We also talk about spiritual things, which is so much fun to have a soul sister that has the same language. So I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Please subscribe and rate the episode. And I can't wait for you to listen. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Awakening with Amy Robeson podcast. I'm so excited. We have a very special guest today. Sarah Proud, how are you, my dear? I'm good. Thank you, Amy. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. I'm excited to have a conversation. I'm so excited to have a conversation with you because I know both of us are very into spiritual things and Mm -hmm. I absolutely enjoyed and loved reading your book, Be the Love. And I found it extremely fascinating and powerful that you were willing to share some very vulnerable moments in your life. And these vulnerable moments, I think for some people would be so scary to reveal to themselves and talk to themselves about it, let alone share it with other people. How did you have the courage to even start thinking about talking about some of these very personal things in your book? Oh, that's such a great question to begin with. (laughs) So when I started writing, I wrote the manuscript probably about seven times before I perfected what I believed would serve the audience the most. And I came to a choice point where I had the choice to either keep things private and keep the content very generalized and generic, or I could be as vulnerable as possible to create a path of healing for the people that really needed it the most. And as you know from reading the book, I cover so many different topics that most people would probably prefer to keep hidden, such as you know diving very deep into arguments within my marriage, violence within myself, an eating disorder, having an affair, miscarriages, you know, the full spectrum of all of the shadow parts of ourselves that most of us keep hidden. I just decided to just play full out because what can I do other than serve my audience in the way that will really help them to heal and create their own healing path? And I love that because when we start to look at the shadow parts of ourselves, more space opens up within us to heal. And that invites more of the things that we're desiring to co-create with the universe, which is really, really powerful. And I know for me, sharing something that I might feel shameful about or guilty about can be extremely difficult. And just to be honest about with ourselves, what was the process for you when you were looking at some of these experiences and deciding, should I go there? Well, it was really interesting because I I landed the book deal around the same time as the COVID pandemic was just 
starting to put everybody into lockdown. So I could see that the the landscape was changing and I just had my family all under the same roof. And with that came a lot more tension within my marriage. And I witnessed the way that I was fighting with my husband. And so I had to start to do the inner work in a way that I didn't anticipate. And so when I started that high level, he pretty much gave me an ultimatum. He said, Sarah, you have to change your behavior. We're just not going to last. And so I had to look at my past in order to heal my future. And this is when it was revealed to me, as I mentioned in the book, the feel, heal, reveal process, where every moment we find ourselves at a point of choice. So let's just say you have an argument with your husband, you feel triggered. For me, I would lash out. I would take it personally. I would chase him down. I would need to manage my emotions in the moment rather than create spaciousness and self-soothe. So I realized that I suffered from chronic lack of worthiness. And it was all of the different beliefs that had been created from birth to 40 years old. And I'm 42 now. So I feel like I've been out of the woods now for like at least 18 months of this healing journey where I'm doing things differently. And it changes how our children perceive us as well. Mm -hmm. And we're seeding these beliefs in our children. I've been a parent for half of my life, Mm. (laughs) which is insane to say, but I've been a parent for half of my life. So my, my oldest child now, he's out of the house. And so that triggered also another layer of awareness. I was dealing with empty nest syndrome as I'm writing this manuscript. You probably saw the themes of me talking about how that triggered some trauma as well. And I really did find myself at a point where I can either go deep or I'm not going to serve the audience. And so I decided to just play full out and write from my heart and also dismantle the ego. Because I think sometimes we stop ourselves from sharing with other people on an authentic level because we're afraid of being judged. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but <laughs> getting you know like a little bit older, it's important to, um, to realize that we are who we are. And self-acceptance exactly. is the key. You know, and there were so many layers of awareness that were peeled back during that time. And I'm just so grateful for the experience of writing the book to be able to create that healing path. I love that you said that too, because sometimes people think that the author or the teacher has it all put together, but just the process itself can be the healing journey within, even though we're coming from a place of sharing and a place of authenticity. And I love that you had the courage to go there and share that your behavior and reaction to your husband or your Mm ex-husband was not always butterfly and rainbows. And I'm paraphrasing that, but it, you know, we can get into our trauma responses. And when I was reading your book, I could feel and see an aspect of my old self and how I would respond to my husband based Mm -hmm. on previous traumatic experiences. And those experiences shaped who we are. We're not proud of that. For for me, growing up, I grew up in a house of yellers. So yelling was Mm -hmm. a constant way of communicating. And that was our norm. And my husband personally does not like yelling. He Mm -hmm. cannot handle it. So I had to take a very long time when I was upset to express myself in a way that didn't involve yelling. How has your relationship changed since writing the book with Sean? It's amazing. It's so much better. Now that we have conflict resolution skills and it's taken 
a lot of therapy and a lot of mentorship to get to that space. It's really great. Now I know that we're not going to press that self-destruct button. You know, I'm not no longer threatening divorce <laughs> in an argument just because that's like the meanest thing that I could say. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's loving. You know, we have a really beautiful dynamic now and we always have had a very loving dynamic. Oh, you guys are <laughs> such a great couple. Like I've had <laughs> the you. chance to personally meet you both. And from an outsider looking in, you would think these people have it all together. But behind closed doors, we all have trauma responses that happen. Yeah. And I just love you guys. You can tell how much you love each other. <laughs> And we do really love each other. He's my favorite person. I'm just, we work together. We raise the kids together. We do everything together. And so with that, didn't come a manual of like how to work with your husband, how to parent with your (laughs) husband. You know, it's like, these are such subtle energies though, that over time, if you don't make sure that they're running in a streamlined way, some of those issues can be magnified and then blossom out of control, right? So we had to learn how to communicate with each other in our business. We had to learn how to communicate with each other as husband and wife. And I'm just so grateful for the experience though, because he was strong enough to hold my hand throughout all of the trauma. And I mean, he's an incredible human being for stepping forward and being able to do that. I love it. Now, <laughs> I love that you guys went there and you you got some extra support outside of just working on yourself. You've been all around the world. <laughs> and I love hearing all the different stories of places you've lived and experiences that you've had while growing spiritually. What would you say your biggest takeaway when working on your body image while working on this book was? Mm Self-compassion. Definitely self-compassion and ditching comparison. I say in the book. That's huge. Yeah. Comparison is the thief of joy and it has stolen a lot of time from me over the years. And I realize now that we are not our bodies. Our weight is not our worth. And so when we remember that, it changes us on a cellular level to accept where we are at now from a manifestation perspective. I work with so many people all over the world that want to change something about their bodies, their physical appearance, whether it's to gain weight or lose weight. And I usually tell my clients, just make peace with where you're at, because if that's not in harmony, then the universe or any activity or action you're going to take isn't going to respond at that cellular core atomic level. So it's it's definitely <laughs> a spiritual conversation. The way that we are showing up as physical beings is the representation of what's going on spiritually and also how we're nourishing our bodies with food and water and exercise and most of all, compassion. Yeah, I love that. And I think that acceptance is key with anything, yeah. not only just our body, but just anything that where we're at in our life is acceptance. I love that you did talk about your body because I think so many people not, and it doesn't have to be centered around weight either. Cause some people want to gain weight. Some people want to lose weight. Some yes. people just want to feel stronger. We only have one vessel in this lifetime, which is our human body to create a human experience. How has your body changed since writing the book in terms of like the way you relate back to how you perceive your body? Mm. and how you go about just navigating in life now? I still struggle. I want to keep it very- Thank you for being honest. Yeah, Yeah, I still struggle because it is a constant case of management. 
of when I observed the critical thoughts of switching it to compassion and gratitude. I have this beautiful body that is healthy and can function and does all of the right things. My feet hold me up. You know, there's so many ways that we just hand our power over to external sources because we may not look like models or, you know, I mean, I've never expected to look like a model, but in society, there's all of these negative messages of perfection, airbrushed, Photoshop. We grew up in that supermodel era where everyone was super, super, super thin on all the magazines. And if you weren't thin, your thighs needed to not touch. Yes. That's what we (laughs) grew up with. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to shift that off. And I think it's so nice to see plus size model in all different shapes now in magazines, on billboards, because the narrative is changing. Mm -hmm. And I love that you're still working on this. And it's an internal process. I have three daughters and a son, and I never, ever want them to hear me speak negatively about my body, like saying, oh, I can't wear shorts because I have cellulite or something, you know, like the internal things that happen in my mind. I don't want my children to see that. I want them to witness me as somebody who's comfortable in my body, however it's showing up, because I want them to be comfortable in their bodies. I think to myself, if my daughters ever felt self-conscious about parts of their body, I'd want them to redirect those thoughts to gratitude and self-compassion. So Mm -hmm. I have to literally lead by example internally. And that's easier said than done (laughs) when you're battling demons of the past. But it's worth it because since writing the book, I am so much more self-accepting. I've just ditched all expectations of myself of what I think I should be like, right? So I recorded a podcast the other day saying I chose not to get eyelash extensions. Now, this isn't judgment for anybody that wants to get extensions. It's like, why do I need them? I have pretty long eyelashes anyway, but because I'm going on book tour or doing all of the interviews, it's like, I need something extra to be more acceptable. And Mm -hmm. see, it's those tiny little ways and opportunities that are presented to us of ways that we can dismantle the lies. And they really are. It's just a distraction from the truth. No one cares about my eyelashes. Nobody. (laughs) I've never received an email saying, Sarah Brout, your eyelashes are too short. (laughs) You know, like... <laughs> oh, it's it's funny because the eye the eyelash trend actually I was getting fake eyelashes before they were even popular. I was getting them done back in 2007, 2008. And when my husband and I started dating, he's like, You gotta get rid of those, Amy. They're so distracting. He's like, You gotta get rid of them. I, I love you, but your personal beauty your natural beauty is more beautiful. And it wasn't something I could perceive at first. And it took me a while to actually come to terms. I didn't need something outside of myself to validate my beauty. So I love that you ditched them. And anybody that wears them, if they make you feel good, wear them. Absolutely wear them. But it's just amazing what those little tiny things that we do to validate our Mm self-worth, what can be attached to those actions as well. Yeah. And I I also think that there's an opportunity not to go too extreme with it, Mm -hmm. right? It's not all just black and white, cut and dry. You know, you you need to find that middle path to find what works for you. So of course, no judgment, but then examine the reasons why you want to do something. And then that gets really interesting. You'd be surprised what comes up when you start examining, because sometimes we think it's one thing and then you find out it's something totally attached to something completely polar opposite of what you thought it could be. Yep. (laughs) 
And especially in the online space as entrepreneurs, people get so attached to likes and followers and the the bigness of that when really it might not be real. No. And that's another, that's another facade or ways in which we attach importance to things or people because they have a perceived level of success. Mm -hmm. You don't know what they're going through. Well, there's so so much smoke and mirrors now. And then also, if you even just think about some of the filters that are out now on social media, it's creating this illusion of pure, perfect skin, which Mm -hmm. none of us have that. (laughs) Like, No. Nobody looks airbrushed (laughs) naturally. (laughs) No. (laughs) So... Which is, which is great. I want to shift focus. I have to tell you this, and I have the tendency to receive messages or dream about things before they actually occur. So I actually had deja vu reading your book. And when I was reading it, I remembered that I had a dream about reading a particular story in your book. And that particular story was your birth story of Lulu. Mm -hmm. And can you talk a little bit about that? And just that out-of-body experience that you had and the journey of just recognizing the sign also in the symbolism of what you were receiving before that. So I had Lulu after having five miscarriages in a row. And by the time I had that baby in my arms, I'd been pregnant for over 18 months during a two-year period, which was insane on my body and it was emotional and physically draining. And so the day that I was going in there to have the C-section, I was aware that I'd been seeing the number 7-Eleven the whole few months leading up to her birth. And then I saw 7-Eleven, it was not the 7-Eleven store, <laughs> the number 7-Eleven. <seven, laughs> I mean, that would be an easy one, but I would see it. I would see it on license plates. I would look at the clock. It was my sign of alignment. And I thought, well, maybe that means that the baby's going to be seven pounds, 11 ounces wasn't sure. So I just kind of put that to the back of my mind. And Sean and I drove to the hospital. We're looking for our sign of a rainbow, you know, literally straining our necks to look for a rainbow that never showed up. We got to the hospital and I was the last person during the day to be scheduled in for the C-section. And they tried to get the epidural into my spine about 17 times. They kept on missing, missing the spot. It took forever. And so by the time the operating crew took the baby out, the spinal block was wearing out and I was going into distress, absolute distress. I could feel the pain. I could feel the gory bits of, you know, birth. (laughs) Oh, I had a C-section. I know. (laughs) You know what it's like, but my, my body started going into shock. And the last thing I remember is passing out and then being above my body in this almost like a holding space for another realm. And it was like this big corridor that was illuminated and it had all of these doors going off it. And behind each door was beautiful things that I loved aesthetically, like orchids or ornate mirrors or the color purple or all of the things. And my family, I could feel everything from their perspective. I could see the world through Lulu's eyes since she was out of my body, but I was aware that I was separate from her physically. Mm -hmm. And then I forgot, started forgetting who I was which is when I started to panic. And I remember saying the sentence, am I dead? Who am I? Where am I? You know, I started to panic. And then I heard a voice and I still don't know whose voice this was. And the voice said, Sean, Thomas, Olivia, Lulu. It's my husband and my three children at the time, their names. This was before Ava was born. And then I came back into my body at 7, 11 p.m. I looked at the clock, like I was all groggy. And I remember there was this digital clock by the, by the, the bed. 
And the nurse looked at my bracelet and she said, oh, Sarah, born on the 1st of November, 1979. My daughter was born on the 1st of November, 1979. And I was like, oh, what is happening? This is like the symbolism of rebirth right there. Holographic reality. Like, it's amazing. And it's interesting you mentioned that I watched a a show last night. It's a Marvel show that my husband loves to watch. And it had a very similar depiction of what I experienced. Uh, What show is it? It was Moon Knight. I don't think I've seen, I love all the Marvel stuff. Like yeah, okay. some of the stuff that they share in there, I'm like, yeah, if I had a creative visual, that's just what it would be. Exactly. So, so I was seeing that this out. and I, yeah, I was seeing all of these similar realities where this guy was looking through different doors at the episodes of his past or things that he mm. appreciated. So this, there's something to this stuff. But the, the key takeaway for me was that, and it's chapter seven of the book, everything is energy. Mm-hmm. And that this was an opportunity for me to see that we are spiritual beings having a physical experience and we're here to learn and to experience. Yeah. And I love, I love how the universe was sending you signs that this is what's going to happen. And you didn't understand yeah. the sign at that moment in time. And that's okay if we don't understand the sign at that moment in time, because we can think what it's going to be this thing. And then it ends up being something else. Yeah. And I think for like the way that you describe it, it's like, oh, that was like the perfect affirmation that you're safe, that you're protected. Here you go. Everything was meant to be this way. And now you get to move forward. And we don't know the timelines of the signs either. I remember Mm -hmm. many years ago at the supermarket, they had like this ad that was a billboard on the side of the building. And it had this little girl on there that had brown hair and brown eyes. And I was pregnant with my second child, my daughter at the time. And I'm like, that's probably what my daughter's going to look like. I was trying to picture it. And so when Olivia was born and she had blonde hair and blue eyes, I'm like, I had this knowing that this brown haired, brown eyed (laughs) little girl would show up and she didn't show up for many years later. And I never thought that would happen. But sure enough, she looks like the kid on the billboard. (laughs) That's so cute. My daughter, she started showing up many, many years before Mm. we even had her. We tried very hard, like very, very hard to get pregnant. And it was such a, a journey to have her come Mm -hmm. in and she wasn't coming in until I got my stuff together. And so it's, it's always interesting when that manifestation does occur Mm -hmm. and to not get attached to the timeline of when it's going to occur. Cause we work on divine time and Mm -hmm. things have to happen in the order that is going to serve our highest path and our highest good. And so I love that you didn't get discouraged by your daughter having blonde hair and blue eyes. <laughs> well, I, I was done at 26 having kids. I thought that's it for me. And then the universe had other plans when I ended up divorced. You're, so the universe uh, laughed at you. <laughs> it's like, ha ha ha, <laughs> we got other plans. We got more children. I mean, I've been pregnant 10 times and I've lost six babies. That's your heart. And it has been a journey of not only recalibrating my soul after each loss, but to trust the process. So I had a dream of my son, as I mentioned in the book, before he was born, I was 16 years old. And he said to me in a dream, see you when I'm ready to be born, mommy. And he said it in a British accent. And I remember telling my mom in the morning and she, as I mentioned in the book, she says, Sarah Prout, I'm putting you on birth control pills, (laughs) which was, I mean, ridiculous. (laughs) But that kid was born five years later. And then seven years later, he looked like the vision that appeared to me in the dream. And so it's just a reminder that we're just, energetic ripples of what's already unfolded and manifested in the non-physical realm first. I love it. And I love that your 
mom didn't discount it. Oh no. <laughs> supported it. She was like, all right. That's her mode. <laughs> my mom. My like lottery numbers, what are they? She's ready to write them down. <laughs> that would be my mom. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Now you mentioned in the book around receiving signs, since we're talking about signs yeah. as well. And I love that you received a sign from the universe immediately after talking about two people that you were thinking about going to visit. And I love it because when I read this, I actually ended up receiving a sign for something else that was related to based on what it is that you said, because you were talking about in the book that you and Sean were going to go to Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And I ended up receiving, I'm very into mineralizing right now, like Mm -hmm. minerals are life and I've been looking into minerals and there is this mineral company that I stopped using and they're based out of Hawaii. And right after I was done reading this this part in the book, I literally got an email from this mineral company that's based out of Hawaii and their brand name has Hawaii in it. I was like, wow, if that's not a sign from the universe, there it is. (laughs) I love when that happens. I really do. And it's just, Here's the thing, in our industry, we still get surprised by these things that happen. Oh, for sure. Like, it's like, wow. And, and they're like, does this really surprise us? No. No. If <laughs> no. you want to share a tidbit of that story or sure, any part of it that you feel comfortable sharing. Absolutely. So I remember it very clearly. This was when Sean and I still lived in Las Vegas and I had a migraine. I think we'd had an argument and I just felt so drained. And I said to Sean, why don't we go out for breakfast? And there was this place in Las Vegas that had a great vegan breakfast sandwich. And so we went there and we were just chit-chatting. Like I was trying to lift him up. He was trying to lift me up. And I'm like, hey, we should contact our friends in Hawaii, even though they were new friends. We'd only met them once at an event. And he's like, yeah, I should reach out. We're long overdue for a catch-up. And then on the way home, Sean put the directions into Waze, which is like this direction Mm -hmm. GPS app. And he decided not to listen to the directions. And he drove in a direction where there were two people on the sidewalk and that's it. And we looked up and we're like, is that the, the two people that I refer to in the book. And he said, I think it is. And so we we wound the windows, wound the windows down. This shows my age, doesn't it? We <laughs> pressed the button. <laughs> we pressed the button and the window rolled down. And sure enough, we thought it was them, but we didn't know until we texted them because, I mean, Vegas is pretty crazy. They crossed the road and they were probably on their own business and that kind of stuff. And it was them. And they were visiting for 24 hours from Hawaii. Now we were just blown away by what are the odds that we were just talking about these two people that we hadn't seen since we were in Bali and they're within that radius of where we are. So it's like, oh, this is this nuts. And I use another example in the book of Sean and I having dead phones at Disneyland and all of a sudden out of the 40,000 guests during that day, we found each other. Of course. Like, whoa, okay. It's like homing devices. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're like echo sound that the whales use or the. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, does it have a meaning? I don't know. Does it bring awe and joy and a sense of wonder? Absolutely. Oh, I think there's a meeting behind it. I think yeah. that it's the universe's way of giving you instant feedback mm-hmm. on the vibrations you're sending out. Yes. And it's also vibrational. So for example, your friends being in Vegas at that particular time, Mm -hmm. we can also look at it from the perspective of you guys are honing in on their vibrational energy around Mm -hmm. you, even if they weren't next to you, because like attracts like, and we can feel into something, even if it's 
not instantly like, oh, they're here. We should be inspired to go visit them. It could just Mm -hmm. be that random thought that pops up and then somehow they end up showing up right there and then, even if you don't hang out with them at that. Yeah. 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 I mean, my video, the Goldcast video has been viewed by over 70 million people now that that documents my story of domestic violence. And I remember I was coming home once in my car and I was rushing into the community just a little bit too fast and a golf buggy pulled out and we both had to slam on the brakes at the same time. And I like I was waving going, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And my son Thomas said, hey, mom, do you know that you're waving like an idiot at OJ Simpson? You nearly just hit OJ Simpson with the car. And I mean, that to me was like, here I am and the the millions of views with domestic violence. And there's OJ Simpson, who was very well known for his the role. Irony. <laughs> the, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's definitely a sign. Definitely yeah. a sign. How you interpret the sign is up well, to Well, I don't you. know whether he was a sign. He was a neighbor that lived over the golf course. Oh, but. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it can work both ways for positive and a little bit creepy. <laughs> Yes, so that's the nicest way I can put it. Another instance was that I wrote down in uh, my journal that year that I wanted to manifest somebody sharing my book, Dear Universe. Uh, And this was like something that just made the list, you know, top of my head, who would share Dear Universe? Kim Kardashian would share Dear Universe. And then I woke up on my birthday one morning and Kim Kardashian had shared one of my Dear Universe quotes, not the book. So again, it speaks to like the importance of specificity, (laughs) Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, take the Kardashians with a grain of salt. But no, it was but, just it, me but it is true it because we have to get specific about what it is that we want. And the more yes. specific we get, the the easier it is for the universe to reorganize experiences, connections, people, resources to grant us those wishes and desires mm-hmm. without being specific it's left up into interpretation and the universe will always bless you with what it is that you're asking for. So being specific is important. And I love that you mentioned this because as, even as teachers, we're just like, duh, I I should have have done a little bit more specific. Like my husband (laughs) and I, we just bought a house and we both had very specific desires that were polar opposite of one another. Mm -hmm. Like he wanted land, I wanted to be near things. And Uh, we found land and we were near things. And one of the things that I said I wanted is I wanted to be within walking distance to a coffee shop. Well, mm -hmm. I'm actually in walking distance to two coffee shops. The road that I could walk on is not safe to walk on. And which is okay, which is okay. Yeah, yeah. And one of the, I, I could have said, I want it to be near a locally owned coffee shop instead of go. a big franchise coffee shop. Yeah. Am I upset that the universe blessed me with two coffee shops I could work, walk to, <laughs> but I'm going to choose not to walk to them? Absolutely not. Because I found it very funny mm. that I was like, oh yeah, I forgot the very tiniest of details to say this is also what I want as well. It's so important to discuss because so many people are fixating on the sign and getting the sign rather than perhaps the manifestation itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, that it's fixation so also lowers the vibration too, because we're, when you fixate on something, it's almost like all of your energy contracts inward. And yeah. so you're not able to fully express your light to attract more of it into you. Mm. It also works with vision boards, I've noticed. Mm. (laughs) So I created a vision board last year 
you know, all the the major things that I would love to achieve and how I would want to feel because I'm very feeling based when it comes to that kind of thing. And what I didn't see on there was that there was a yacht on my vision board. It was in the background. There's, I'm looking at it right now. (laughs) There's like this uh, infinity pool overlooking this beautiful ocean and there's a yacht on there. And Sean and I just booked a trip that we're going on in June on a private yacht to cruise the French Riviera. And I never, ever put two and two together that that's the same style of boat. And yet it's on my vision board. (laughs) The opportunity just arose and it happened in like the last couple of weeks where we made the decision. And it's not something I ever would have thought consciously coming into my reality, but yet the invitation appeared. And then I said, yes. And then the realization of, hang on, is that little yacht over there in the distance exactly the same? So you you (laughs) never know how this works out. You never know. I love it. And that's the beautiful thing is like, sometimes where we ask for things unconsciously, like that visual was probably for the pool and the infinity pool and that sort of (laughs) like that just beautiful scene and Mm -hmm. there's the yacht in the background I know but I meant the pool I want the pool (laughs) I want the house (laughs) at the pool (laughs) so it's a constant state of trusting that whatever's showing up is meant to show up and just enjoying the journey I love it so be the love is Mm -hmm. a book that you obviously wrote from your heart is there any other message you want to share from the book with our listeners today hmm Yes, a couple of things. To remember that nobody's got it all figured out. Nobody. The people that you look up to, the people that you place on pedestals, celebrities, notable people, everyone's on their own journey. And that as human beings, we need to bring more compassion to that rather than judgment. Because the last couple of years, (laughs) there's been so much polarization on social media And there needs to be more compassion, more love, more harmony, and more self-responsibility. This was the overall theme of the book is when I was ready to take self-responsibility, my whole life changed. And that's huge. Yeah. It wasn't easy, but it was worth it. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Tell people where they can find the book if they are wanting to read it. Absolutely. You can go to sarahprout.com slash be the love. And I'm also offering a meditation album that's valued at $111 completely free when you order a copy. Awesome. And we'll have that link in the show notes. So if you want to click on the link in the show notes, you can definitely do that. Thank you so much for joining us today. It was absolutely so much fun chatting with you guys. Get out there, get the book, Be the Love, Seven Ways to Unlock Your Heart and Manifest Happiness. Thank you so much, Sarah. Oh, thank you for so having great. me, Amy. You're so thank welcome. You. <laughs> Bye, guys. I hope you enjoyed. Yay, you've made it to the end of the show. That shows me that you are committed to evolving and creating the life you truly love and desire. I'm so excited to be on this journey with you. Make sure you click the subscribe button so you don't miss a thing. We have shows going out semi-weekly and also please leave an honest review. I would greatly appreciate it if you did. If you'd like to receive a free gift from me, head on over to theimmyrobison.com, theimmyrobison.com. Claim your free gift. You'll also find that link in the show notes. I'm sending you lots and lots of love and light. Many blessings to you, my friend. Bye.